Fresh and Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. It is episode 50, and I am beyond stoked to have with me today a bud from the very beginning, my first guest ever, Mr. Taylor Morrow of the Attack Action Podcast, a.k.a. the Battle Bro Taylor, a.k.a. the Falcon of the West. How are you, Taylor? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you for that intro. You really brought the heat on that one, and I feel like I'm blushing, or it's just the the mild sunburn I I maybe have from working in the yard. Thank you for having me on. It's so cool. Congratulations to you for 50 episodes. That's incredible. Uh, I'm I'm stoked to be back. Would be back more often. I am maybe that's boring. I don't know. No, no. I'm I'm stoked to have you here. You know, when when I was looking at the numbers, I'm like, oh wow, 50 is coming up. I I thought about you know it could have been anybody, but like I I I thought you know who who better than you know you Taylor and 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 the reason I wanted you here is because you know it was like episode three you came on and and you didn't have to right. You could have just been like, ah, who's this scrub? You know, it was true then. It's it's true now. I'm still a scrub, but you know, you could have been like, oh, screw, screw this guy. I'm not coming on the podcast, and you did, and that was, you know, I'm I'm beyond grateful because you know it 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 was uh, the first. You were the first person I ever asked or had like the 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 balls to to ask, and and you know it was awesome. Well, thank you for asking me. I mean, truly, I would do more people's podcasts if they asked me. Because doing other people's podcasts is the best because I don't have to do any of the other stuff. I don't have to schedule. I don't have to edit. All I got to do is just show up, hang out, talk, and then go on with my life, you know? So it, it is let nice, everybody right? know. I'll come on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. You know, uh, ask Taylor to be on your podcast. Uh, it, it, it is, he's a wonderful guest. And Thanks. And uh, yeah, but before we get into the episode, I do want to thank the Patreon. And and if anybody would like to check out the Patreon, uh, it is in the show notes. We, you know, I post like some bonus apps, you know, where I'm talking behind some jazz music and and it's all really silly and and stupid. And it's usually like 3 a.m. because I can't sleep. Uh, so yeah, if you want to check it out, it helps me keep the mics hot and the lights on, and uh, you know, it, it, and every bit helps. But obviously not required. So <clears throat> I do want to get back to you here, Taylor. First of all, how have you been? Boy, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so we have been uh, just going for it this month. Uh, friend of ours and friend of the pod Mitch got married at the beginning of the month and then me and my wife like went on a nice vacation together and then that I got back and then we went straight to LA for the battle hardened in LA and that was like a four-day trip and then home for three days and then boom final week of road to Nats 
So July has just been traveling and partying and <laughs> been living the life. I'm telling you, it's been great, but I am now very tired. <laughs> I feel that. I feel, I feel like July is just that kind of month, right? You know, I, I was in kind of a similar, you know, always traveling and then like road to Nats and, and it just, it just doesn't stop for us flesh and blood podcasters. Right. Um, speaking totally. of podcasts, how is the attack action podcast doing and any, Anything new and exciting uh, on on that front for you guys? Well, we just did a fun kind of roundtable discussion collaboration with OK and Y podcast, um, minus the K, but we had the O and the Y. So Oliver and Yichin, they're like Bay Area legends in the flesh and blood community. They they have a really great like YouTube channel. Um, and uh, a little podcast that they do. And so we did a video with them and other uh, NorCal native uh, France. And we, we did little whiskey tastes and then just talked flesh and blood the whole time, basically. So uh, it, was, it was hella fun. I'd never sat down and tasted like seven different whiskeys in a row or and really had been with somebody who was passionate about that. And so that was fun. And the like hangs and conversation were really fun. Oliver and Yichin are uh, super cool. Just a couple of sweeties. <laughs> I don't know if they care that I call them sweeties or not, but they are. Well, they have no choice and they're not here to defend themselves of the sweetie title. Uh, <laughs> now, were you guys all in the same room for this? Yeah, Oliver was really nice. So, like, for the listeners at home, if if you're not familiar with uh, our podcast, we live in the middle of nowhere, Northern California. So the big the joke, right, is 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 people will ask us where we're from, and we'll say we're from NorCal, and they'll be like, "Oh, San Francisco," and we'll say, "No, five hours farther north." <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, isn't that Oregon?" I'm like, "Well, almost, but it's not quite." So. For us, for any events, we have to travel those five hours minimum to go to anything. So we were down at uh, the, you know, Oliver and Yichin's hood, and they and Oliver let us stay over at his apartment, and then we did this video after um, one of the Road to Nationals. So we try to hit up, like, the weekends where there's two in a row. There's one, like, Saturday, Sunday to get the most bang for our buck. So, so yeah. Well, that sounds pretty awesome and i can't wait to check it out i did i did see you post it today uh in in um in discord uh and i am excited to check it out it sounds like a good time i love whiskey and um i love booze in general actually it's a it's a problem let's see let's be on no i'm kidding uh <laughs> but uh no that sounds awesome and and you know um uh anybody talking about flesh and blood is awesome and that's why we're here uh speaking of your busy july you recently casted the Battle Harden Los Angeles. Tell us about that experience. Uh, it was a ton of fun. So I was like a little nervous about it, like kind of maybe the morning of. Um, but then once we kind of got there, the uh, crew who was putting it on, Justin, who was the TO, he actually like started a whole like uh, event company for this uh battle hardened so he can like continue to like kind of grow that side of the game for himself or whatever so he was a great 
leader. He was very calm uh, and very clear about all of his expectations. So that like kind of squashed all kind of nerves right away. And then, you know, me and Isaac, who's my co-host on the Attack Action Podcast, got to uh, do it with our producer, Colin, who lives in L.A., and then another local, uh, Blake Meyer. And it was a ton of fun. You know, it was... There's like, I can, you can feel that there is a bit of an art, art, some artistry to it. Like you have to be able to uh, fill one of the roles, whether you're doing the play-by-play or the analysis and try not to talk over one another and, you know, be entertaining all at the same time, but informative. But after maybe like my first game, I was like, oh, cool. Now I'm warmed up. I understand how kind of the flow of this and the structure of this is going to work. And I would love to do it again. I thought it was uh, a ton of fun and it seemed like the audience really liked it. And so hopefully I can continue to get those opportunities Uh, and, you know, not to take anything away from anybody who's uh, already doing those jobs, but it, it seems like a no brainer to have podcasters who are also players, uh, do the commentating for those sort of things, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, we do, we do have, you know, some folks out there who, who, you know, uh, are obviously professional casters, right? They, they, they do a great job, you know, Tannen, uh, you know, Flake and, and, um, the Brian Gottlieb as well. And, that's great and i love the fact though when the battle hard in los angeles was announced and then it was announced that you guys were going to be on the casting team i thought that was a great uh example of you know some smaller scale stuff that we can start to see some casting from some from folks like you and isaac and and i'll, I'll be honest with you I, I tuned in and i thought you were doing a great job and Although I think I tuned in right around when the uh, the alarm went off or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was Jeez. like, I had to like scroll back to like kind of watch some some of the older stuff because I, I hadn't really caught up to when you guys had come back from uh, the unexpected break. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Uh, I only so, saw it, you know, just peripherally. Yeah, I'm. So I'm unsure what it was particularly related to but it was a weird so like in the middle of one of the rounds the fire alarm went off or the alarm went off but it was what was really weird about it 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 wasn't just an alarm it was like an automated voice came on and said that there was like an imminent threat in the building or something like that it it had it it talked in a language that made it seem that it was like a bomb or an active shooter situation, that it wasn't just like a fire. So I was like, whoa, this is some strong language <laughs> from this robot. Uh, now I'm worried. But then it like quickly, uh, you know, like 40 seconds went by and then we got like the no wave from it's fine. Everything's okay from, you know, the staff that was there but uh people had like scooped up their game you know mm-hmm. and it's like the middle of the round and so some people had to like restart their round all over so that was like kind of uh upsetting but like you know what else are you going to do now the the second story that goes along with this is that 
there was a jewelry event happening at the convention center that day also. And what had happened is that some jewelers went in on an armored truck to transport some jewels over there. And it got robbed. Somebody <laughs> robbed the armored truck. It was like $150 million or something. Maybe my figure is wrong, but it was a buttload of money that just got robbed out of this armored truck. <laughs> oh my God. So, I mean, to, to sum it up, not only was Phi bringing the heat, but the, the movie heat was happening at the same time. At yeah, the I know, right? Center, yeah. Which is, just, which is, like, absolutely insane. Now, I, I do want to go back to, like, the, the you know, what you said about uh, some of the players had to restart their, their rounds, which does suck, but... It's one. Of the, it's, it is one of those things where, like, what are you supposed to do? This is like such right. a, a, an ex, like a, such a, what's the word? A situation that we we would never expect. And it, and as far as I could tell, which was kind of cool, because usually, when something like that happens, a chat goes crazy, and and then they're like, yeah, uh, this is what it is, what kind of event is this? But it seemed like everybody was actually pretty like understanding as bad as it was because it, it was very annoying but you know and maybe maybe it was uh you know some of your wordsmithing uh on the on the mics that kind of calm calm the uh the rabble down made sure they did not yeah. get too roused <laughs> maybe i mean it cut to my face and it, you're just kind of like trying to smile through it and like keep an ear to the like your to who's who's trying to like cue you in on like what's happening and, and that sort of thing but yeah it was kind of wild for uh you know your first event there was like kind of a lot of action that was um oh what's the word just unprecedented mm -hmm. kind of behind the scenes the whole day so but it other than that it it ran pretty smooth but it made for a really long day because they restarted the round so it was we were supposed to have six rounds, so it's like we had seven plus rounds and then <sighs> top eight. So that it was challenging. Yeah, that is uh, that is very brutal. Now, <clears throat> at, at, while you were behind the booth there and, and and calling these games, were you actively thinking about how this meta was unfolding for yourself? You know, because it, it was a it's a was a very fresh meta and still mm -hmm. is to a certain extent. Uh, but while you were casting, it was like, you know, one of the more freshest uh, CC events we've had. Were you consciously kind of like, oh, wow, like not really expecting to see this deck or or were you kind of just kind of in the zone kind of calling it? Well, that's a great question and way to be a professional podcast interviewer. <laughs> Come a long way since episode three. <laughs> oh, I listened back a little bit and yes. <laughs> uh, brutal <laughs> yeah i don't listen to any of the old episodes for us uh i did have some people who like enjoy have enjoyed going back through them and and it's like kind of a history of the metas and, and that sort of thing but i'm like no way i can't i can't do it it probably is terrible but um yeah. so to your your question uh you know, the the most interesting thing that we noted quite a few times, also, thank you for tuning into the stream. I really uh, appreciate that. 
that's very cool buds are um, on the, if buds are on the stream i'm gonna i'm gonna watch you know that's that's yeah. them's the rules true homie <laughs> uh the so the the big glaring thing that was happening was that people who were specialists in their hero were just crushing because they just kind of knew how their deck worked their hero worked even into uh you know, the new heroes like Fi or Dromai or Icelander or whatever, uh, that, you know, they were doing just fine because they understood how well their deck worked. And if you both like don't know how that matchup goes, then the person who's just like better at playing their deck really has an edge. So that was kind of like the big takeaway for me was that we had Alan on Bolton just like, makes top eight in the battle hardened and uh you know was slaying people all day and graham i believe his name is who like just basically plays reinar and went x and one in swiss and also made top eight um and there were some other people who were like definitely specialists like uh andrew uh plays a ton of prism um you know and he did really well but that was a bit more of a meta deck so that that wasn't super surprising um, the other thing I thought was pretty interesting was that Phi did not make top eight in the battle hardened, um, and kind of like actually seemed to have underperformed that week or not that entire week, but just at our event. Um, but there was, you know, rumblings of it, you know, becoming better and, and that sort of thing. So it didn't, I thought. Excuse me. Personally, I thought it was we were gonna see some stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like that somebody was gonna figure something out, and we were gonna that that was maybe gonna be it's like coming out party. But I suppose that the battle hardened is maybe just still a step too low compared to something like we see in Utrecht, where there's like a calling and it's kind of a bigger event and that sort of thing. But I had not gotten to. Gosh, I'm just monologuing here because it's not my <laughs> no, podcast. Go, go, go! This is this is your runway, my friend. Whoosh! That's me <laughs> taking off. Um, so I hadn't gotten to participate because we had been busy the previous two weekends of Road to National season, so I was unsure of how far it had moved. Did you get to play every? Did you play every weekend? So you kind of got like a a bit of a oh, I don't know, like timestamps or like the meta's here, week two, the meta's here, you know, et cetera, as you like went through? Uh, to be honest, I played one CC RTN and one draft RTN because I had been traveling quite a bit. And, you know, I, I just followed the meta kind of based on, on results on Twitter and, and stuff like that. You know, and I, I'm, I'm playing in the, the Instant Speed podcast tournament that Flake is holding on his discord and i played two fives it's basically kind of like i, I know people are trying to make five work and and it sounds like you know com coming out of the calling this past weekend that Fi is the real deal now this is this is a lot of you know speculation i believe still uh, in terms of how strong Fi will be uh, going forward but certainly explosive uh, you know to me, feels a little bit like a, a glass cannon of sorts. Now, um, I could I could be far off on it, but 
personally. I feel like as a Leviathan player, I feel actually good into the five matchup, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I've seen other people who also play Leviathan don't feel the same way. So it, yeah. it, it's hard to say. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions right now in terms of what, what's what the hell is going on, really. Right. So, like, would you say, how do you feel about the data we get from Utrecht? Like, do you trust that really well? Did you follow any of that, like, kind of Twitter coverage and and that sort of thing? Did you follow any of that? I did. Now, I I, um, I saw the conversion rates and stuff like that. I, the one the one big one I saw um, was actually, you know, Levi had the fifty percent conversion rate into day two. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the two de- uh, two players <laughs> made it to day two, and that was the best conversion rate as far as I could tell. So. You know, who's to say? But I did notice that Prism had a great conversion rate and a lot of players, but did not make top eight. Now, it seemed like also day two was littered with Briars, Viscerize, and Fies. And something I've always noticed and and kind of uh, I think is is, remains to be true whenever there's a, a new format is the aggro deck will be the most popular like to start out now i i think we're going to see a reactionary meta coming up with lots of oldums and i unfortunately lots of pummels and i think pummel is going to like run rampant uh, against these these like you know low to the ground go wide decks uh, at least that's that's my initial take on it is that something that you would expect well, I guess two things. So one, I think Utrecht is interesting because it's a mixed format, right? So there's mm-hmm. draft thrown in there. So uh, the kind of potential high placement somebody could get could be based on how well they're doing in draft. And somebody might have like the best CC deck. I mean, I think this is unlikely, right? But mm-hmm. uh, And then do really poorly in the draft and so we don't really get to see it as a deck that's like performing really well but to the (laughs) the other point is like yeah i think that people are gonna hop on uh once now that the field seems to be narrowing a little bit that people are gonna definitely be hopping on the train to kind of counter that or at least tailor their favorite deck to kind of their sideboard to you know handle the more narrow meta you know because that's been the hardest thing uh has been like well i don't know i could see dorinthia prism five viscerai old him lexi like all in the same tournament and how do i have a plan for how do i have the time to develop plans into all of those and how do I have enough sideboard space for all of that too? So, um, yeah, we'll see some some reactionary stuff. I can I guarantee people in like Viscerai are going to start running like Reek of Corruption and um, consuming Volition and that sort of thing, which historically has has not worked out great in mm-hmm. combating like aggressive decks. So we'll see if it works this time though. It's a different yeah, game it- now. It definitely, I, I do think Phi is kind of unique in that aspect that it is a little more 
weak or, or, or vulnerable to, to some kind of disruption than some of the other insane aggro decks we've seen in the past year. But it, it will be interesting to see. And I think a lot of what you just said about you could see any deck right in a tournament goes back to what you're yeah. saying about if you know your deck, if you've stuck to your guns on your deck, uh, it's probably going to be a net positive for you in, in a tournament field. Now, speaking of crazy aggro decks over the past year and and all kinds of stuff, you know, we are at episode 50 and, and we have not spoken. Well, we've spoken. I, I was on the Attack Action podcast. We've, we've chatted, but we have not been on this podcast together since episode three. Very, very long time ago. Now, a lot has happened in Flesh and Blood since then. I mean, it, almost like a lifetime's worth of yeah. stuff has happened in this game since we last spoke. And we've seen the release of two booster sets, one supplemental set, as well as some pretty exponential growth in the game. Three How sets did... have come out since I was on the podcast. Yeah, because when you were on, we were taking a look at Tales of Aria, but Tales was not out yet. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, it's crazy. A long time ago, we now, were just young men then. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, I, I feel a lot older. That's for sure. <laughs> now we're in your mind. I guess we'll go through each one uh, and kind of talk about whether you think they were a success for the game. Now the first mm. one is Tales of Aria. Uh, do you find that Tales of Aria was a success? Like just in, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it totally was, you know, um, we get Briar, you know, basically that set drops and then you could argue, you know, that almost all three of those heroes were instantly impactful in the mm -hmm. meta, you know, and so that's like pretty successful. I think it depends also how you look at it. Like, was it a really fun draft to do? Yeah, I think the gameplay, that's where my critique comes in Tales of Aria, is that the draft gameplay is like a little too fast and uninteractive. It's like as soon as you get to 10 health, you're dead, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so that makes it like kind of tough. But the decisions in the draft while drafting the cards, I think is really, really, really fun. And then... You know, so and then you can like instantly have you can jump into the game at that point, and now you can have some, you know, love for one of those heroes that you started the game with, and they're actually viable and good. It does kind of hurt, I think, the you know, people who are on you know, heroes previous who their favorite hero is like maybe Dash or. Uh, Azalea, I mean, poor R.I.P. Azalea, it's never <laughs> coming back. You know, sorry, everybody. And, you know, or like Dorinthia or stuff, like playing those heroes was like pretty tough during that time. Um, but I would say overall, yes, it was a hit. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. Yeah, and, and you know, I find that the, the limited format was fun. I, I actually would gladly pick it up and, and draft it any chance I get. Especially post errata, uh, to be honest, post errata oh, yeah. is yeah. like so much better, and yeah. uh, it it is a uh, it, it was a hit, and and you know I to be honest, initially I was a little worried about the aesthetic, but it grew on me, you know, because you know when I came into the game, it was like tail end of Monarch, 
we had seen these mm-hmm. brutal, brutal yeah. art and, and yeah. stuff from like uh, Crucible and all that stuff was like intense. And then we was like, what is this? It's like, it hurts my eyes too bright, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And, but it grew on me. And, and I mean, I think we have people who are playing the game that are diehard Briar, Oldham, and Lexi people, which is, yeah, which is, is, is a great sign that all three are, are fan favorites to a certain degree totally i think oldham too is like the most iconic character out of that set too like he's this big old slow mountain of a person and or at least maybe that's it speaks to me uh much more potentially out of those three heroes uh he feels really iconic and i totally agree with you tonally how the game changes when tales of aria comes out like there's no we and it was so jarring right lore wise (laughs) too because we're having this like insane battle where basically you know demons are invading the mortal plane and then it was like you know now we're in aria and we're just hanging out yeah we're in the (laughs) woods and we're in the snow and you know it's pretty chill over here it's fine, I guess, you know, but it's like there's just this giant war raging and we're not doing anything about it. So it was, it was, it was jarring. Yeah, yeah. It felt like, you know, very like, oh, we're we're taking a break from the, the brutality of the game, though, you know, uh, for whatever reason, we did get cards that were <laughs> unbelievably brutal for the gameplay, uh, yeah. you know, thinking yeah. of Oak and Old and and mm-hmm. channel mountain heroic and stuff like that so yeah. um yeah i i think tails was was a success now here's one that it might toe the line of success at least for me is everfest mm. was uh the supplemental set that came out yeah. in, in february it brought us starvo it brought us also a lot of really cool cards for classes that we've we've been messing around with how do you feel about everfest uh, I guess I have mixed feelings. So from like a uh, an aesthetic standpoint, I think it's really cool. Like all of the trinkets and amulets and how those are all cold foil. Like that was really cool and pretty fun. And it had this like circus party atmosphere, which was also very fun. But in I guess in terms of like, I don't know, its effect on the meta, it was like, you know, not great. I mean, so the Starvo meta is like really hard to, for me anyway, to be on one side or the other. Like, honestly, you really had like three, maybe four like really competitive decks, which Mm -hmm. is pretty sweet. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, it also kind of sucked and was oppressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And was like, we're, we're getting fatigue at this point, like, third set in a row where we just release a broken hero. Like, come on. Is this, like, the game we have to, like, deal with now? So I would say it was not a hit. I suppose in terms of like, you know, I don't know, 
how much more fun the game got, it did not get more fun. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of on that train with you. Now, there are some really like shining stars that came from Everfest, for sure. Like, you know, I just off the top of my head, a swing big. It was just like a cool card yeah. to throw out for yeah. the Brutes, and it became like an, an instant staple. However... It was weird to me that they kind of did this weird support for, and I understand they have to support these heroes, but they did this weird support for the the young heroes from Crucible. That, like, if you yeah. look at like all the the brute stuff, and I know I'm just gonna just harp harp on brute for no, no, it's good two hours, you yeah. know, uh, but yeah. like <laughs> like Ko got like a bunch of stuff, which is cool, but like. I don't know. What do you what are you gonna do for for Reinar and 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 Leviya like outside of swing big and and stuff like that? So it didn't really feel that supplemental. And I think the fact that they put Starvo in there did not feel supplemental either. Yeah. It was kind of like oh we're gonna s- supplement the all these class cards or all these talent cards from Aria and um and also have a broken hero that. You know, I, I don't know. It it was um, yeah. It, it, you know, mixed bag for me, for sure. But also, uh, yeah, any set that I can't draft, I'm not a huge fan of. Like out the gate, because yeah, why? Wh- I don't even want to buy product as much if that makes sense. Totally. But, yeah, but, I buy I buy less of the supplemental stuff because then I'll just get the singles because that's like. You know, just way better. And yeah, I totally hear you about like for Warrior, we get a ton of like single-handed weapon uh, support, which was cool, but it's still like not enough to make it really, really viable. Like the only CC hero that uses two one-handed weapons is Bolton, and nothing was light hero traded, so it's really hard for for Bolton to want to use those anyway. So, uh, yeah, there's like some for sure hits like the room blades got a bunch (laughs) of new cards that were really good. Uh, you know, mechanologist, I know people are really using the Teclo pounder and T bone shout out to our spoiler card. (laughs) And, uh what other cards are there there's like i don't know if ranger really got that much stuff like kind of i think well Hard- maybe not hardly it, i mean with dreadbore and like battering yeah, fatigue, fatigue shot fatigue shot oh yeah fatigue, fatigue shot, shot. Yeah, was, was a great addition fatigue. yeah and then hundred wins and ninja right like people are definitely running that so there were like useful cards but on a whole it's like you know nobody's really using them so but i mean i guess that's also part of the supplemental set like not as big of a hit as crucible like crucible instantly filled gaps Mm -hmm. that we needed so we will see as the game goes on how well everfest ages so far aging poorly yeah, aging poorly. Uh, you know, some some heroes like it a lot better than others, and and uh, you know, we we mentioned Runeblade. Pr- Prism liked it quite a bit. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. but 
and I guess mech to a certain extent, you know, we see Teclo pounder, you know, uh, like decks all the, all the time. So I guess it, in, in a way it fulfilled the, the heroes that only had one printing at the time in terms of their class. Yeah. And then, um, and then the young heroes, but and then yeah. it gave us Starvo. So eh, on Everfest probably will fulfill more stuff as we go I'm- on. I mean, we could say, like, okay, so you could argue that it was a huge hit because we get Wildfire, Aether mm. Wildfire for Kano, and then at the Pro Tour, that is, like, kind of the card of the whole uh, Pro Tour, basically, you know? So, that you know, That I is a know. great point. That is a great point, you know, and... Uh, you for, like I forget about stuff like either wildfire because he almost feels like weird. Oddly enough, it feels like we've had that card for a lot longer than Everfest, right? Yeah, because like yeah, because it's like such a no brainer in in Kano that you know it it is uh, it feels like we've had it a lot longer. But uh, but that does lead us to the most recent set, Uprising. Uprising gave us two new heroes with. Uh, draconic and we got the adult version of Icelander which we did get from from Everfest uh, which is worth noting what are your right. thoughts on Uprising here as we're probably about a month into its release that's a maybe the toughest question you're going to ask me because <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't crystallized how I feel about the set yet mm-hmm. uh, so it is suffering a little bit, I think, from the lore aspect. Like, all of a sudden, now we're in Volcor, and we're still not addressing that demons are invading our realm, you know? So we're just we're just not talking about that still, kind of. We kind of are a little bit. Icelander kind of knows what's going on, but they also have amnesia or something, so you know, maybe less useful, but anyway, so that is like kind of bothering me also. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to, this was what grinds my gears about the game has since the beginning. This is a total tangent, but do you know why all of these heroes are fighting each other? Like why is Katsu and Bravo trying to beat the crap out of each other? What is the reasoning for that? Why? I have no clue. Uh, it's convenient for the game. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that that would be my guess. <laughs> and that drives me insane. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, if there was, you know, part of the lore of the game had to do with, you know, some sort of conflict or like told us that the history of Mysteria and Aria is uh you know that of like bad blood or something like that then that totally makes sense so anyway that's my my overall biggest complaint with the game is like <laughs> why are my character why are these fighting why can't we just be friends um <laughs> friendship. okay so uprising yeah mm-hmm. which i i value very much friendship <laughs> um okay so uprising so Let's talk, I guess, we'll start with draft. So drafting, a little dicey, right? The actual, like, sitting down and getting to draft and pass the cards and stuff 
is um I don't know, very weird. Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't have a better way to explain it than like it's being really weird, like the card pool that you can open in your pod is I don't know. It gets it gets really dicey, you know, and then that the fact that uh phi can be just kind of forced and that an average pool of phi cards can still outperform uh other heroes at the table is like a little upsetting. Mm-hmm. But that comes with the caveat of that like draft is a self-correcting meta so if too many people force fi it allows you to like have a more powerful deck to prey on them and that sort of thing um but even with that it still feels weird but the gameplay once you get the drafting done the like gameplay of uprising is really good Mm -hmm. and it's at like a really great pace there's tons of interaction and there's tons of uh, space for you to outplay your opponent, even with like kind of a, you know, maybe less strong pool of cards. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, and then I am now in Icelander main. So <laughs> I- I'm loving that, even though it's uh, torturous. So. That's that is it. That is yeah. those are my thoughts. Okay. Well, I I am uh I'm kind of with you on the draft. Now, I find that drafting this set is is punishing. If mm-hmm. if you if you, like this is it feels like to me and I've I've drafted multiple sets at this point. This one feels like this will punish you the most if you do not read what's going on at the table. If if that makes sense. Also, this set seems to really, I mean, it, like, you never really want yellows, but you really don't want yellows in, in this set. And yeah, it's just the nature of draft. You're going to get some. And yeah. if, if you did, you know that you did not read the signals well, if you were sitting there with more yellows that you have to play totally. than, than you'd want. So it is very challenging in that way. Whether that's a good or bad thing, I'm not sure because I enjoy a challenge personally. However, I, I understand uh, where you're coming from in terms of, you know, actually the the action of, of drafting is a little bit iffy. But I am 100% there with you on the gameplay. The gameplay is great and it's fun. And, and the way all three heroes work is just really well thought out. And, and we got Quell, which Quell is just like such a Quell, great addition yeah. to the, the game. It really is, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at with it on 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 limited and constructed so far. I mean, we're seeing Dromai win some stuff. I mean, obviously, Five's quite powerful. Icelander's a slog, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I don't know if we know exactly the right build for Icelander yet, and that's kind of cool that it, that one's that one's going to be a puzzle going forward, uh, rather than Five's Five's pretty figured out, and then Dromai has some kind of different ways you can build her too, which is, which is good. I think that's always good for the game. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, 
it's definitely a, a booster set, that's for sure. And <laughs> we'll know uh, where we're at with it probably closer to Pro Tour Lille and, and, and Nationals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the the other thing they did really well, right? So we don't have unlimited sets anymore. And they've made opening the only product of Uprising really, really fun, yeah. right? That you can get double legendary packs and the Marvel Dragons are legitimately the coolest looking cards in the game ever and we have like the alt art rewind and the double-sided cold foil token you know there's like a lot of really cool cards to uh get to open mm -hmm. so that's i mean i think that is one of the best hits uh from this set for sure yeah it makes you know? it makes the us players more excited for future sets yeah. because if they, if they're if they keep doing stuff like this i mean it's going to be every, every set's going to be fun to open and, and and that might even be a way for folks like us who don't like necessarily care so much about supplemental sets that we can't right. draft we might be a little more inclined to you know buy some more ever like another everfest if it was yeah this exciting to open uh which yeah. is it's a great point um my my final point also would be that compared to Monarch Tales and Everfest, they've really nailed not having a broken hero from day one, mm -hmm. and that is that is a huge, uh, huge uh, plus. Yeah. Like everybody's kind of staying in their lane, uh, no open-ended kind of abilities or too powerful or anything like that so so that is really great that is, is. A, that's a huge bonus it really is now i do want to you you touched on t-bone your your spoiler card and I you did. that yeah. that was attack action's first spoiler card and yep. it was the greatest spoiler video of all time <laughs> if you haven't seen it you guys could go check it out on youtube uh, can you take me through this visionary T-Bone video and the creative process behind it? Uh, yeah, the cinematic masterpiece, the <laughs> the attack action podcast cinematic universe that we've started. <laughs> um, well, okay, so my f f first, firstly, because me and you ha talked about this quite a bit uh, in like our pre-chat before you were on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, neither of us got a spoiler for Uprising. And and that's okay, right? But, like, so one of my, um, I don't know if it's critiques or just uh, something I feel as a content creator in this game is that for us who are kind of like mid-tier content creators, like we're not the Arsenal Pass and we're not the, I don't know, whoever else it has a bigger following than us, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe Instant Speed or something like that. Um, is that getting a spoiler from LSS is a huge piece of validation yeah. for us, you know, is like, for content creators, it you feel really, really validated that the company is is listening to what you have. They appreciate what you're doing, 
And so they're going to hook you up um, with this uh, way to be really creative and like a really fun time in the game, right? Is to is to get a spoiler, and it really it feels really really validating. And not getting one is totally fine, but yeah. we we don't get. And it must be tough because there's like a whole bunch of content creators and that's a lot of emails to throw out there. But to when your buddies get invited to the party and you don't and you find out like not from the person who's hosting the party, that's like kind of a bad feeling. But you're stoked for your buddies who get to go to the party. But all you really wanted was just like, you know, just a one one second phone call of or text, you know, like, hey, bro, like, you know, we just can't fit you in. We're going to let these other people have a chance at this dope party um, because they also deserve it, too. But love what you're doing. Uh, see you on the next one. Like that would be totally fine, you know, and would um, make things a little bit easier or knowing what the criteria is to getting a spoiler would you know, also be nice, but then maybe like, then you just have content creators trying to like only fulfill the requirements to getting a spoiler or whatever. I don't know. But so that, those are my thoughts about spoilers and being a content creator. Would you like to respond to that before we talk about my artistic direction on our is, spoiler video? Is this on the stack? I have a chance to, I have priority. Yeah, you may respond. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I, I think my biggest criticism has always been communication and yeah, it would be nice to have gotten like an email, like I, even if it's like a, a generic email, right. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a non-classed email, uh, to send out to all the, <laughs> to all the, all the content creators who didn't get one. And yeah, that's right. Like I totally agree. Yeah. Everybody who gets one deserves it and it it would be nice to also get one but sometimes you don't and that's just what it is right but yeah i think some kind of communication from lss would be nice right like hey you know uh we 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 wanted to do you know these these made sense for us this this go around but we're still watching and listening and and i think throughout the i Personally, I've never heard from LSS unless I've reached out to them first, you know, yeah. so it, it would be nice to kind of hear from them because um, we, we are part of this program, right? Content creator program. So, right. yeah, but, you know, it, it, I, that's it. And uh, now I want to hear about your artistic vision, with T-Bone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were really worried you know, that we were going to get like a non-attack action because we're the attack action podcast and then we'd have to spoil something that wasn't an attack. <laughs> so we were really, it was really awesome to get an attack. Um, but nobody involved in the production really plays Mechanologist. Um, so there was no like inside Mechanologist stuff. So anyway, um, I just kind of had this idea that we should just do like a really short, you know, story for the card that nobody else was, you know, acting, if you can call what, <laughs> a, what we did acting, you know, nobody was like making a basically home video for their spoiler. So I thought that that would be uh, a, 
you know, kind of unique way to spoil the card. And I had like had, you know, some, we had some costumes or whatever to, to like make up the video or whatever. And, and, uh, and we also, me and Isaac live on really beautiful pieces of property. So it was like a great way to like showcase Isaac's, um, piece of property. Cause he has like, go watch the video, go watch yeah. the video <laughs> and then come back and then, okay, great. You're back. So now you'll know everything I reference. He has this really magical Oak tree that's kind of like busted through and it's really old has busted through this like rock outcropping so it makes for this really dynamic kind of magical spot on his piece of property and so i thought it would just be cool if we like did a video there and i don't know it just like i collaborated with with colin our producer and isaac and we all kind of talked and we you know we're like i don't know how to make an actual film do we make a storyboard so we like drew squares and kind of like set up what we thought the camera would be looking at you know and pretended we were making a real video and stuff and there <laughs> there's some real stunt camera work like there's a, a part where we're straight on isaac's face while he's driving his like uh his side by side and i'm like literally holding on to the thing on the hood of it holding his phone and just trying not to like <laughs> drop his phone or get run over or that type of shit. And I said to him, like, you know, if this was like a real production crew, we would have like a camera strapped on an arm and you would be a stunt double, you know, or whatever. Instead, I'm like out here risking my life, you know? So, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a ton of fun. It was worth it. I mean, I, you know, I, I enjoy the hell out of it when, when that came out because, you know, not to like put down anybody, any other creators, but I could think of very few creators that put that amount of work. I mean, like, you know, you guys are obviously and very clearly having fun with it, which is important, yeah. but it's also like, like, that's like a day's worth of like, you know, running yeah, around and, and, yeah. and being silly and, and filming stuff. And then you have to edit it. Uh, you know, I someone that I always appreciate their spoiler videos is Dead Summer Art, who who always yeah. does a really awesome lore stuff, and 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 I I, I love when it's not just showing the card, and and, and right. I, I thought it was worth bringing up because I lo I loved it, and it was it, I was having a ball yeah. watching it. <laughs> yeah, and and we don't have the technical prowess to do like the types of animations that maybe some other people do. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we, we just don't, but what we can do is like film a home video of us pretending to be fantasy based characters, you know, and also fun uh, anecdote about that. So I, I wear this Cape in my character's name. We uh, lovingly called Brointhia. <laughs> Cause I have like a sword or whatever, but so that Cape I have my mom made for me when I was like 10 or something like that. And it has for some reason traveled with me cause it's come up a few times like that. It's like a good thing to have just like a Cape. <laughs> yeah. You never know when you're going to need a Cape. I've always found yeah. that a good Cape is a great thing to have, which is awesome. Um, and shout out to your mom, uh, for making yeah. that Cape. You huge shout out to my mom yeah it's a great cape if it has like this cool dragon she like cut out of a fabric and like 
embossed it on the back and stuff. It's it's pretty sweet. I love it. I love it. Now, speaking of capes, um, <laughs> this is not a... <laughs> This is that's a that's a Taylor Morrow level segue from the Attack totally Action podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's talk about the fresh faves. Now, this is a segment I did not have uh, at the time of you being on the episode three of the totally. Fresh and Buds podcast. And this is where I'm going to ask you some uh, some of your favorite things in in the game. Uh, and we're going to start with your favorite hero. Okay, so historically i have been a huge supporter of viscerai and that has been he's been my dude since day one but okay then we had icelander come along and i was like i never knew i wanted to be an ice witch and now that's all i want to do i don't know what it is like well first off the artwork on icelander is so cool that young hero Steve Argyle uh, drawing, which I have in the background. You guys can't see because this is an audio podcast, but I do have it hanging up behind me. Uh, Tommy can mm-hmm. it confirm is that. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so that was really appealing. And then I kind of just played with it and in Blitz, and I was like, huh, well, this is interesting. And kept toying with it kept toying with it and i really started to just like fall in love with the play pattern of icelander and it just was like so complex and your decisions uh just matter so much more because you don't really have like a i mean in blitz you kind of do right you can do like the fire breathing spike them for a bunch of damage type of deal but in CC now, you just, like, don't have, like, spiky damage turns to kind of smooth over maybe your uh, slightly inefficient decision-making. So you have to play, like, really tight to be able to win the game. And now, with Uprising out and CC Icelander, I, I feel like I'm playing, like, Crucible Viscerai, where you have, like, all of these slightly underwhelming or average cards but that their power is how flexible they can be into every matchup and that is just so fun and the like disruption is kind of like addicting kind of oh yeah as well yeah so I'm, i'm loving icelander i've i i also did this weird like well it's not weird but <laughs> I wanted to experience what other community members like yourself do where you're like, this is my hero. This is all I'm going to play no matter what, you know? And so my personal challenge is to get really good at playing Icelander kind of no matter what and be one of those like kind of specialist people just to kind of uh, get that feeling of, uh, you know, what that is like. Because Chain is now gone and Chain used to be my my go-to so mm. yeah and i mean having that go-to is is a good thing to have in your arsenal pun intended um and yeah icelander i think i think we're gonna see some busted icelander players and i hope you're one of them taylor now thank you i'm trying really hard i'll tell you what <laughs> well share some lists with me because i would love to see i won't play her but cool i would love to see it 
now, <laughs> now, uh, what is your favorite weapon? Ooh, this one is the hardest, I think, because like we were talking before the cast, there are a bunch of really cool weapons. So my two, I have two favorites. Okay, so one for pure art, I love the art on Talishar, the Lost Prince. is so cool. I should track down that art and get a print of it because it just feels very evocative, telling a story. Like, what is this incredible sword doing here in this shop, you know? So yeah. I, I just really love that. But then my favorite weapon is Dread Scythe, coolest weapon in the game. Oh, yeah. It, Nobody uses it. It has like a weird hit effect, but it's also a scythe. I don't know. It's freaking sweet. I'm ready for the attack action that you can play on scythes and claws. That's generic. <laughs> <laughs> claws and claws and scythes, man. I, you yeah, know that would totally. be. I mean, dread scythe. God, I, I love that that weapon so much. Uh, it will have its day one day when. You know. I hope so. You want to play I a tried. lot of blues in, in Runeblade, you know, and, and I think that's yeah. what it'll do. Uh, <laughs> I tried it in Chain. I like, because it has the arcane hit effect, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you just give this go again, pitch a blue. Now your meet and greets, your rip through realities all turned on because nobody's going to block this like one arcane, you know? Uh, but the cost curve on that is uh, too expensive. Yeah, especially for chain. Uh, now, what is your favorite equipment? I also have two for this one as well. So, I don't know if that's breaking the the rules of fresh faves or not. Um, but... uh, let me call the judge. Uh, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, Alluvian Constellus is just uh, my new favorite piece of equipment because it's it's so freaking powerful and makes your like arcane matchups like so much easier like against viscerai uh with the the pajamas as people are calling it it just makes it like you get so much value out of waning moon you know it does like 15 damage a turn for basically blocking their damage which is or not a turn a game um so that's really great super cool artwork looks great in cold foil Gotta have the cold foils when you're playing an ice hero. My second favorite piece of equipment is Rampart because I have it in a mini snap. And so it's really dope to just slap that down on the combat <laughs> chain and like block some damage and just like, you know, that I really like Rampart. And the full art on it is just freaking sweet. Those are both great answers. Rampart is, I mean, for lack of. I mean, if you, if you don't count the whatever the other the common was, it was our first shield, which is really cool, and yeah. it's super powerful. And I, I know stalagmite's awesome. I do like stalagmite quite a bit, but rampart the fact that you get to do it all the whole game, you know, is yeah. is, is is way cooler. And yeah. also, it punishes like punishes dash, which is like really great. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, break yeah. that break that combat chain. Totally. Um, yeah. N- now, what is your favorite non-hero, non-weapon, non-equipment card? Your run-of-the-mill cards, attack actions, regular actions, and instance. <laughs> I could not pick one for this either. <laughs> so I have two. So first is Tome of the Arknight. In no other parts of the game do you feel like 
uh, friggin' god when you play Tome of the Ark Knight. You hit a non-attack and an attack, and you just add them to your hand, and you just say, let's go! You know? <laughs> uh, I, I, in Skirmish Season 2, I was running a, what I was calling Librarian Viscerai. So I was just running Tomes, so Tome of the Ark Knight, Gorgonian Tome, Tome of Findall, uh, Sutcliffe's notes. So I would have turns where I just kind of only did paperwork or reading and just kind of make rune chants and kind of fiddle about. And that was really fun. And anytime you hit off of Tome of the Ark Knight, you just feel awesome. Then my second favorite card is Invert Existence. Like when that Ooh. came out, I was like, this card has dope art and is the Rune Blade, the Shadow Rune Blade, Reckless Swing. And I can't wait to win games based on this card and it like interacts with your opponent's graveyard which hadn't happened before and i had a really spicy game in the vegas calling number one where my opponent i was playing against bravo and he was like a couple minutes late to our match uh i forget how many minutes i think there was like casual rules enforcement so he could be like a buttload of minutes late <laughs> like 10 minutes late or something and oh, wow. Like when they only give you 50 minutes. And then I was like, if he's going to fatigue me, we might not freaking get there. But then he went like straight aggro and it was a really dicey match. But I pitched act invert existence and knew it was coming up. And he like wound up not having any cards in his hand on his turn because he had to like block out thinking he was fatiguing me. And I just drew into invert and killed him. And he was like pretty flabbergasted by that. And it was it was so sick. <laughs> I love I'll flabbergasting that people. That is the best. That is the best. A, you should get t-shirts that say that now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll add it to the notes. All right, so that was the Fresh Faves. Thank you for participating. Uh, next, we do have no some problem. listener questions, Taylor. Oh, the, my goodness. The first comes from Capolo, a.k.a. Andrea Biaggi, who has two kinds of, two kinds of questions. You know, We kind of answered part of the first one. You played and casted at the Battle Heart in L.A., yeah, uh, which one did you like best? Gosh, it's hard to choose, right? Like, I think if you had asked me like on Sunday after I had played, I would have said like uh, casting was more fun, but because I played like ass <laughs> on Sunday, I was so tired. And I got a bunch of shitty matchups as Icelander because I'm an Icelander main now. So that's all I play. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did not do good. And people were just taking my ELO and I got no XP. And, uh, you know, one of my wins, one of my two wins was a buy because I was a fool and played all six rounds and people just <laughs> dropped and, you know, et cetera. Um, but the amount I learned from losing all of those games made it so I performed way better last weekend at my road to Nats and feel way better about the deck and feel like I'm actually like getting somewhere. So I would say that I like them both equally. I don't think I, I liked more one than the other. I don't know if I would sacrifice a ton of my playing at events to cast them. Um, but, you know, we'll see what the future holds. Both are extremely fun, and I would obviously do casting again and continue to play, obviously. Great so. answer. And Cap also 
asks, do you think there's a sleeper hero that will break out at Pro Tour Lille? You know, I I do. I don't know if there are any. I don't know. So I think Lexi is really well positioned depending on what the other couple of decks wind up being that are at the top. Like Lexi, I think, is going to do really well into Fi. And I'm surprised nobody's playing her. Probably because there's too much Prism running around and that's like a terrible matchup. And it does really well into Viscerai as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Briar. So those are like three decks that you could see that Lexi could then again have like another great moment. But you have to gym your way into that, right? You have to like dodge old him. You have to dodge Bravo. You got dar- dodge Prism and then like get to your good matchups. So that could be pretty tough. I do think that if the meta gets narrow enough, Icelander, you see, now you're all are going to be like, well, you have such bias because you're an Icelander main. But I truly believe if it gets narrow enough and you can kind of shore up and it's not with illusionists, like if Prism and Dromai are around, like play a different hero, don't play Icelander. But mm-hmm. if we have like five Viserai, Old Him and Bravo, you know, as kind of the top decks, then I think Icelander does really well. Like they, your easiest matchup is kind of Guardian, because you can just like Frost Hex combo them off off the face of the earth, which is really great. And uh, here's the spicy tech for your your Viscerai matchup is Pyroglyphic Protection Blue. Yep, that's an Everfest card. Yeah, you don't even Ooh. know what it does, do you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay, so it costs two, and it says anytime you would be dealt arcane from a source, prevent one of it in the blue. So oh. when they go, when they go Mordredide, Mob Skies, Red Shrill, you block for two, take one. They make a bunch of rune chance. You block some rune chance earlier, and then they play Revel, and they have like sixteen rune chance. You just boom play pyroglyphic protection and you just block 16 damage for two resources and it's freaking sweet that is very cool totally. uh so icelander is gonna be winning pro tour Lil. you heard it here first folks <laughs> <laughs> um next we have a question from super legend who asks um or this not really this part's not a question i'm just gonna read the whole thing why not I remember you talking on your pod about needing video content to get into the content creator bubble with Fab. Why do you think there's a need to get podcasts on YouTube? Personally, I watch very little video content. I'd rather read slash listen. I guess it's because I listen to podcasts on my iPod. I am with you here, Super Legend. I'm very much an audio um, person. I I, I enjoy the on the go of of, uh, podcasts. But uh, why do you... To answer the question, Taylor, why do you think uh, there's a need to get podcasts on YouTube? Well, so it makes your podcast more broadly appealing, Mm -hmm. right? So that people who potentially like maybe do most of their, um, uh, their time to listen to stuff or something could be on the computer, right? Not driving in a car or on their phone or something like that and so it's pretty easy to just like control t open up youtube start a podcast and just kind of leave it over there um 
people also like to see your face for whatever reason. And, you know, that's helpful. I would say also you can have the like added benefit of um, like clipping your video podcasts into like clickbaity stuff, right? So uh, shout out to Old Man in the Three, JJ Reddick's basketball podcast. Um, his co-host is also named Tommy, which oh. is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. He also might be an East Coast guy. Um, <clears throat> well, they're both East Coast guys. But so they they record their podcast, video it, and then they clip stuff out of it and release that during the month. So that is also like kind of nice if you can't catch the whole episode. Um, but I think uh, shout out to Super Legend, also a Patreon supporter of the Attack Action Podcast. Thank you very much. Also, shout out to the... Uh, uh, oh, crap. Now I can't remember what I'm trying to say. What is the Finn and Jake Adventure Time? Shout out to Adventure Time. We bond bonded oh. over that great <laughs> cartoon. What am I saying now? I don't even know. Uh, I'm saying that I think when I talked about that on our podcast, potentially with you or somebody else. We, uh, might, have, we might have talked about it together. Yeah, that doing videos is just another way to like reach other people. So not necessarily filming the podcast and doing a video podcast, but doing like, you know, deck techs, gameplays, uh, sillier stuff like, uh, you know, Colin's favorite dragons or something like that, <laughs> you know, uh, I think are also great ways to get people to like notice your podcast. Yeah. Cosine, cosine over here. Uh, pa, Pobo Mike or Pop Mike. I forget. Is it Pop Mike or Pobo? He d- d- does all the, the great cocktails. How yeah, important. Mike Popovich. Yeah, yeah, Mike Popovich. How important is a race face in the current meta? What decks do you think utilize it best? I have some thoughts on this. If Okay, good. Yeah. How do, uh, well, first I'll start. I think sure. it is good in a brute because it's a six <laughs> outside of that i think it's pretty narrow in terms of its its uses it's not bad but i do not think it is important i don't think it is this is not the new cnc whatsoever it's not even really a sleep dart in a way so it, it can be against certain decks but uh it's not it's not devastating for a lot of decks that's where i'm at with it yeah i agree i mean like so with any of your elemental heroes it turns off any of your fusing you may want to do or any of your channels so it can be an important uh tempo hit against those heroes but the me and isaac were just talking about this that it's kind of brutal that it blocks for two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you that know? extra you can point s- of damage is huge. Yeah, yeah. So you can see now why like C and C is so good because it blocks for three. I mean, obviously we knew that, but um, I am I've definitely cooled off of a race face compared to when it first was spoiled. I was like, oh great, this is totally a great card. It's going to be a staple. But it, you know, it doesn't affect five very much. 
Um, and some heroes, like, it would be fine for them to, like, not pay attention to the things about their hero it doesn't hit and still be able to have, like, uh, a game plan going mm-hmm. forward. It's pretty good into Viscerai, I would say. Yeah. For sure. Turns off the rune chant generation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they fuse and that sort of thing. And then card they reveal can't have that trait. So it definitely is, like, really applicable. But its hardest part, this is the the summation of all of these points we've made, is that it's a mid-rangey card. And it's not a mid-rangey meta. Mm-hmm. And so if it was more mid-rangey, it would be more important. Yeah. And that being said, it will most likely get better as time yeah. goes on, as we get more talented heroes that care about the talents. Um, the next, speaking of a talented hero, Mr. Patrick Shaw from the Combat Chain podcast asks, do you buy into the breakout panic of the combo slash a zoomer we're seeing? And uh, what's your takes on the seeming pattern of dominating big, bad, aggressive deck becoming the most played deck in the format with the player base calling for bans? And he puts in parentheses here, stubbies. Cool. This is great. This is a great question, and I could talk about this forever. I was just <laughs> talking on our Discord, the Attack Extra Podcast Discord, uh, trying to see what uh, thoughts... Uh, the people in there had, and they were all very cool and level-headed about everything, which I appreciated. Um, I think Fi is a powerful hero, but isn't um, oppressive. Like, I don't think that deck is, like, pushing anybody out of the way and making it so we can't play other heroes really currently i Mm -hmm. think that there needs to be no bans at this point in the game and all of the things fi is doing are things that we have tools for whether that be cards or heroes to counter what is happening with that deck to make those decks uh shift so uh, I I think it's totally fine. Now, this is like a thing about card games that you have to like get used to and it's like super annoying is that whenever anything gets good, people want it to be banned right away. And people will tell you the different thing that needs to be banned. They're going to say like Stubbies needs to be banned. Belittle Minnowism needs to be banned. Uh, Draconic as a concept needs to be banned. I don't know, you know. They people will just say that all of all of the time, you know. I think the biggest one kind of was Briar that I was on the camp of I think this deck can be targeted. And then, you know, Isaac did that at Nationals. And you know, he top aided as Icelexi at Nationals and we had played two games uh, as testing before he left. And then he just made sure that his deck was like super targeting Briars and did uh, a great job. In another alternate reality, he's the national champ. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And me and him are now rich living (laughs) off of his national champ fame. You know, that 
that reality exists. So, and, you know, and then we see kind of how the, uh, the later national champs in that season, um, with New Zealand and Australia, we see that Briar is being targeted and is getting pushed out of winning those, uh, events. Now, I'm not going to say, I don't think Starvo was the same way. And I don't really think chain was the same as well, but, um, you know, yeah, those are, those are kind of my thoughts is that like, you know, you're gonna, people are going to want stuff to be banned. So yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I'm in the same camp as you. I mean, I, it, it is, everything's knee jerk, right. Uh, in, in, in card games and, and yeah, I, I do not think the uh, the calls for bans are really hold much water. I mean, we'll see after the pro tour because I think that's yeah. possible that we see uh, a developed meta. And if 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 we get to the pro tour and it's just like crazy amount of fives and stubbies is is doing its thing, uh, who knows? Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm thinking we're we're fine. And uh, to kind of piggyback into Greg, a.k.a. Darth Prentice's question, says, call your Hell shot. Yeah. Will Belittle slash Minimalism get banned before the final expansion set release this year? And additionally, how long have you had the push broom stash? And how long does it take to groom it every day? Those are a lot of questions there uh, <laughs> that are that have in-depth uh, answers. Um, I don't think Belittle Minimalism is going to get banned i if it were to get banned we would old him would be running it you know what i mean it would be so good that old him would also run it but it's like not so good that every hero needs to run it and although it like is a pretty good little card combo and is maybe on like the slightly broken side of things like maybe closer to that, it still feels rather fair in terms of like, it still costs you a resource. It still only attacks for three, which you can block. Um, it does set up other parts of your turn, but I don't think it is broken on the level that other cards in the game have been broken. Right? Like, uh, I mean, you know, maybe the internet will flame me for saying this, but there isn't like, you know, like Plunder Run is really powerful. Could you imagine Fi with Plunder Run also right now? That would just be like <laughs> in, insane. It would be terrible. I mean, yeah. terrible in, in terms of the experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not like open-ended like that is. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like any attack can draw you that card. You have to kind of have this specific lane in which your deck operates to be able to use it. And so because of that, I don't think it needs to be banned. But I do agree that it is a very good card combo. Cool. I, I, I agree. I think we probably will not see that I mean, go away unless it does get to the point that you, you mentioned, like where almost every deck is, is doing it. Yeah. Um, Have you ever tried it in Leviah? No. And I don't think I will be. I just, I mean, that's <laughs> such a, uh, like a, it, 
that makes the deck actively worse. I think you know that's a you lot think of. So? You don't want to go belittle, uh, reveal screamer, <laughs> graveling growl. You like don't want to do that. Uh, I mean, it's. I'm sure I'll try it at some point, <laughs> but, but I'll, I'll I'll hate it because I'll be like, this is not. This is too easy. You know, is this this card combo is too good? You know, <laughs> but uh, uh, but and and to touch on Greg's second question, tell us a little bit about your mustache. Right. Okay. So my <laughs> the mustache. So I, yeah. The 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 most important part. So my joke is when you know people kind of ask me about it or like have been like oh i can't really grow one i'm like okay this is what i did every night before bed you massage your upper lip for 10 minutes before you go to sleep and that stimulates your hair follicles but that's not what i do no i (laughs) i do embarrassingly but maybe cool also it also is maybe cool have like a tiny mustache comb that i comb my mustache with and uh i probably comb it once a day every day and that's about it and I think I've had my mustache for a decade now, wow. maybe a little bit longer. So, yeah, I can't really grow a beard. And I tried like a gross, like in college, like kind of like a swashbuckler goatee sort of thing. Interesting. Uh, and it was, I did not like that. And then I had the handlebar mustache where I, it was really long and I waxed it and it curled and stuff. And that was pretty dope for a while, uh, but it becomes like a little bit too much upkeep. So now we just we just keep it to the the nice tidy well mustache I have now. I'm calling it now. The first fabled weapon is going to be Taylor's mustache <laughs> comb. Uh, it might be one handed. You can. You, it might be offhand. Actually, you can, yeah, it's you definitely can, offhand. It's small enough. Yeah, you can do a centauri saver and a and a comb. Uh, Hell yeah! <laughs> or even a, a mandible claw, which would be pretty cool as well. Uh, now, I, I have some special segments here, but I, I do want to touch on like we both qualified for Nats, which is very exciting. Um, it is. Uh, I I qualified in CC. Yeah. Which was super exciting. I played Leviah at the the very first store I played my first event at last year, which was also an RTN, which I did very poorly at, but it was my first event. Understandable. And and then flash forward a year, I am qualifying for Nats. I'm I'm, I'm over the moon. This is very exciting. And to do it with Leviah was just just the yeah. icing on the cake. And and I'm, I'm so you... excited. So my question to you about your first one, did you play Leviah at your first RTN also? I did not. I did play Chain. I played Chain because it nice. was the cards I had the most of at the time. I didn't even have a Carrion Husk. I didn't have any kind of the, the power. I don't think, I think at the time they were playing Enlightened Strike and CNC. I didn't even have those yet. I was just, I just had this deck and I was like, oh, I'm just going to jam like extra Blood Deck cards to try to like make it work and you know i i did okay but you know i, I scrubbed out but it was a it was a learning experience uh, i'm glad to have played the better shadow character uh hero this time around and and uh <laughs> play with the best equipment in the game and yeah it was a lot of fun awesome so so what did you how many rounds and then what did you play in your rtn so, like I know you played Leviah, but who'd you play against? What heroes? 
so so actually earlier I was on instant speed and I was asked the same question and I think I remember I, I forgot a few of the rounds but it was a it was a five round but nineteen player uh, RTN so not huge and mm. um, first round was I played against Briar you know I I love that matchup any any oh, excuse to block is is yeah. is great for Leviah and then round 2 I played against Prism now my my poor Prism opponent was was so very salty and he admittedly uh like not apologized but was like I know I'm very salty but I did roll scab skins 5 times that game and it was 5 5 4 and 6 Let's or, go, and, bro. and then maybe one Let's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was making so many action points, dude. It was out of control. Yeah. I I still yeah. have some left over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I gave I gave Prism the old what for? Uh, though I guess looking at at how many living legend points she has right now, I feel a little bit bad, maybe oh, giving man. her a chance to win. But uh, and then round three is when I picked up my first loss. And that was to Dorinthia. And Oof. yeah, yeah it was tough. a it was a tough, tough match. You know, I, I, it was the first time I'd played Dorinthia with the new yeah, um, stuff bullshit. that she got. Yeah, yeah, the new <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Uh and and it was it was a closed match, but you know, it it just I was you run the point. husk in that in that matchup too, I guess. I right? run the husk in every matchup except Wizard. Um, oh sweet yeah yeah it's uh, you know i i just want to use the husk i guess but uh and then uh round four i beat icelander against a a buddy of mine and at that point i was locked so round five i did lose to dash and Teclo Pounder. Teclo Pounder Dash. Now, the the interesting thing is, like, we were chatting after. He's like, you didn't see a single Blood Rush Bella, did you? I'm like, yeah, I didn't. Which is like, you know, it's it's kind of tough right. to push through the Teclo Pounder matchup if you don't see that. And, um, yeah, so at that point, I was locked in for top eight. Got into top eight. Round one was Fi. I really liked that ma- matchup. And what do you like about that matchup? I think you you if you know how to block it, I f- it feel like I like having carrying Huss in that matchup because they're stu- if if you could survive their stubby's turn, I think you win, right? And mm. and you just save so you you save all your equipment blocks for that turn. It's like I to me I treat it like OG Bravo crippling crush, right? Because like you lose to that crippling crush if you cannot block it efficiently. And that's why you have the carrion husk. And it felt he he did the stubbies thing, and I took maybe ten damage that turn, and Whoa. I was able to turn around and and just once they're blocking, they they lose, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's th- that being said, I I recognize that it can't always go that way. I think Fi has some explosive like m- like turns that like force you to use your equipment early before they use their stubbies but i still like the matchup i don't know why because i i think you can still just block correctly and it's always feels good to block yeah. in leviathan early game and that's just where i'm at on it and so i won that one which was awesome and then hell yeah uh, quarters or no no semis 
I played the yep. dash that I lost to the Teclo Pounder dash. Uh, saw my Blood Rush Bellows that time and won. And um, with a reckless swing, which is always. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you dirty boy. Yo. I know. I know. It's the old uh, flabbergasted. You're in the you're in the finals. Yeah, I make it to the finals, and I, I didn't know I, you made it to the finals. I made it to the finals, my friend. Oh my and, god! And amazing. And uh, I get paired up against a, a bud named Nick, uh, from from my LGS, who is on Lexi, and I don't really like that matchup to begin with. Um, if you can somehow get the tempo, sure. Uh, then then like once they're blocking, it doesn't feel good for them. But uh, it was a pretty close game. I rolled double ones on Scabskins. And we were having a good time. It was it was my friend. We were both qualified, and 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 yeah, yeah. It, it felt pretty good. It would have been nice to have given Levi some LL points and get into that article whenever yeah. she hits LL. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much it. You but mean in twenty years? Yeah. Well, hey, come on, let's let's relax. <laughs> we're gonna get some support for her eventually. <laughs> she's i'm telling you they're gonna give her a soul shackle and then it's like that's over and then all of a sudden your your hexagors are gonna be so good but yeah that Jeez, was insane. that was my run um i ate one kind bar the whole day my head hurt like crazy by the last round and yeah um but i was i was happy and yeah but what about you my friend well okay i have two i have two questions before you get to oh me. yeah I sure, know sure you want to sure. talk to me about stuff but uh <laughs> First question is to the community. I always get a headache whenever I play uh, in any event. And I drink like a buttload of water. I bring nutrition. I try to sleep well. And I think it's just like concentrating so hard or it's just so much input. Like I don't know how to like get past it. At this point, it's part of the game. So if anybody has any advice, please let me know. Um, And then what I wanted to ask you about your Leviya deck is so like into Fi, are you just like are you kind of like blocking out and making good exchanges like if you have uh dread screamer into gravel and growl you kind of like take a bit more to like whack them for 13 and then your damage just like kind of becomes really sticky because they have a lot of block for twos so a ton less like gets over if they do block is that kind of how that matchup goes or, or yeah. how's it, how's it, go? uh, it definitely goes that way i think that the the block for twos is, is a huge factor in in the matchup right because levi is very good at kind of presenting that like 10 to 13 damage right mm-hmm. and um and when you have like a bunch of block for twos like that kind of that like guaranteed 12 block is not always there so if you can get them to that point i I feel like you're you're favored but early game i play it at least this is like this is my theory right you play it as like just make sure they don't hit mask right right yeah whatever you can take damage because they're not blocking anyway and you can output plenty of damage and they're not blocking till they have to so yeah you kind of make sure you don't um like give them mass triggers early and then Mm -hmm. their combo turn at least in the combo version of the deck i think it's important you know you kind of want to get something in your arsenal relatively early so that you have so you could at least block with three cards from hand and then have something to turn off blood debt in your arsenal pitch 
you know, do your thing, whatever, just swing back at them for six. And, um, and yeah, yeah. And, 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 and be conservative with your equipment because, mm-hmm. uh, it's important. Now I played crown and, and Arcanite Skullcap in the deck. I think Skullcap's correct in this, this matchup because you, I think yeah. blocking twice is so much more important. Crown's great. I think yeah. Crown's awesome. It's a great addition to the deck. But I think people are kind of like in autopilot mode with Crown. Like they're just like, oh, we, you just play Crown. It's like better. I think right now yeah. Arcanized Skullcap blocking twice and for three essentially is, is very important. Yeah. So that's just yeah. how I approach the matchup. Like treat it like it's Katsu for most of the game except for that go off turn. Hmm. Cool. That's cool. And then so what's the the one what's your one like spicy or what's the spice tech in your deck? I had to look at your deck list. Um <laughs> so I have some thoughts, but uh what in your opinion is your your little bit of Tommy freshness on the top there? It's just the the one blue blood tribune in the deck. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> which, totally it. Which is like in reality should be like a, a gem. Like it should be like uh, I have a Fidia that kind of help out your your discard stuff, but I don't have yeah. an I have a Fidia, and I actually think <laughs> Blood Tribute is pretty like not the worst because it's like a one card hand that can turn off Blood Debt. It's just yeah. like it it's a blue that you pitch, and then if you have yeah. to play it, you play it. But uh, cool. that that Hell is yeah. the spice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think you run three blue convulsions of the or bellows from. Hell Bellows, right? You run three blues uh, of those two. Convulsions from the Bellows of Hell, which, yeah. side note, is the worst card to write in a deck list ever. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah totally. So I'm considering cutting it just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Never have to write it again in those tiny boxes. But totally, what's yeah. your question about those cards? Oh, nothing. Just my comment. It's more of a comment that, like, mm-hmm. I think that's a slept-on card in Leviathan, especially in blue for the late game dominate win like uh isaac was doing that real early in the monarch meta on levia and would win games because people don't know what's happening and i will tell you that playing against levia against a person who knows what the fuck they're doing excuse me i don't know if i can cuss on your podcast you can, you can. yeah whatever i'll check okay, off the sorry. not made for kids on the youtube <laughs> <laughs> gotcha is the it's really scary you yeah. know, like you play blood, you roll scab skin or you play blood rush, roll scab skins. Now you have two extra action points. And then all of a sudden you do like 28 damage and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know? it, not knowing that that is possible is very scary. The, that and like a lot of players really don't know what <laughs> these shadow brute cards are. And they yeah. don't know what they're supposed to block. I think a lot of times they'll overblock on stuff and um um and then all of a sudden they're they're making they i think there's also a common misconception this is a little tangent um that i think that people think that fatiguing levia is is a viable option and it is not because there is so much juice in that deck it's like you're gonna just have a bad time because i'm just keep on like double hitting you with sixes and sevens so um, totally and you can recur uh deep rooted evil mm-hmm. so it's not like you run out of cards that are really powerful yeah, yeah. totally and that's I... Levi's dream is to just try to get fatigued it's like sure yeah. i'll set up uh freaking 
Dread Screamer, Dread Screamer, Deep Rooted Evil. Like, can you deal with 18 damage? I don't think so. No, no. And ever since Swing Big came out, I mean, just like early. Yeah, yeah, it's like such a good early play. It's great right after a Dread Screamer because maybe they blocked with a card already. And then there's like, yeah, I don't get the quicken. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no you're taking four to the face it is yeah. funny the Icelander opponent I had did get the quick and they couldn't use it but you know <laughs> now tell me about your road to nationals please it was okay, draft great. correct yeah it was draft so um, my kind of I don't know if it was my early in the year on the podcast like probably our new year's resolution right was one of the things I wanted to do was qualify again for nationals. So last summer I had uh, a really great run um, where I like went undefeated in a tournament and then I qualified again and probably could have gone undefeated, but I kind of punted my semi-final game and like uh, really messed up there. But in that game haunts me forever because then I would be playing against a person I had like uh, beat with what I felt was relative ease in Swiss, be playing them again, and I don't know if they could have changed anything, so I would have uh, 9-0-2 of them. But So I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it again, and this was before the chain ban the first time, so it was like in the back of your mind you kind of have like, well, I was playing a broken hero, no wonder I I did so good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um which I think is false. I think I am like a pretty competent player, but so I wanted I to so. thank, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I wanted to prove to myself that I could qualify for nationals again. Um, but then as the year like went on, it was like, Ooh, I have this wedding, like road to national season is like at the wrong time in the summer for me to be able to do it. And so I'm missing out on a whole two weeks. So my i'm only going to get three events in and that feels rather dicey to be able to qualify you know because for i think a lot of people your rtns are like basically your local meta kind of and for me and isaac like we just have to kind of really look through the potion of seeing and kind of opt two or three or however many ops potion of seeing does to try to figure out what the meta is going to be for us to be able to like perform well. So that's like pretty challenging. So the level playing field of draft was my best opportunity. And I was so excited to play draft because I knew it was like a level playing field and I feel really confident drafting. Um, and I did pretty good. I went X and two and I two one the two pods I was in uh, my first pod, I drafted Phi, and there's this like funny, there's this weird thing in Monarch. <laughs> I mean, not Monarch uprising. Like my first pack I opened is just chocked full of sweet Icelander cards. Like <laughs> uh, Aether ice vein, blue Aether hail, blue uh, more blue ice cards. And there's like one, like, uh, I forget what it is. It's just one of the like kind of red staple go again cards for five. There's like one of those. 
So I picked that pack one, pick one, because I'm like, I'm going to send great signals that Icelander is open. And the first three people downstream to me that I'm passing to will pick Icelander because it looks like it's really, really open, hopefully. And then I will kind of be in this nice, like, phi seat right here. But the dude to my left just forced phi also. And so pack two got kind of rough. So I think I was in a really good position through pack one to get a deck that was going to 3-0 the pod. But then I kind of got, like, kind of housed in pack two. So I just only went 2-1, which was fine. Then in my second pod, this is my most proud moment in draft, is I was in a really weird seat where I couldn't go Fi or Icelander based on like kind of the card pool and what was being passed, like the signals. And the only thing that was kind of open was Dromai, but it was like dragonless Dromai. Mm. So people kept like passing me uh, the different Cinepies and Sixers, like poppers. So I just hoovered up every popper and Cinepie I could. And then I just had this kind of like mid-range beatdown deck that because I knew there were no dragons, but I but Dromai cards happening, I was like, well, I'm pretty sure there's at least two other Dromais. And if I get paired against them after round one, if the one across for me or like, you know, diagonal to me mm-hmm. isn't Dromai, then I have like a really good chance of winning the mirror because I have uh, four poppers. And I think these must be like you know, some of the only ones at the table. And so round one, I played Dromai and just stomped them with my (laughs) Cinepie popper deck. And it was like 18 to nothing. Like I only lost two health. Wow. And like play a single dragon. Yeah, it was awesome. Then I got paired into Isaac, which sucked. Mm. And he was on like a pretty good Fi deck. And a team kill there, he wins that one. Uh, But it was like pretty close, like... I just like kind of tried to block as much as possible and then had like, you know, Cinepie for eight. And he's like, now, now you're at 12, you know? And uh, my deck was kind of built around, like I had three red trade-ins, so you can arsenal that, play that for free, go again into like a Cinepie or a six power thing. So you could kind of do this like mid-range thing really well. So he beat me and then I played, shout out to Carlos, homie Carlos. Uh, he was the other Dromai at the table. And it was like the same thing, like just popping his dragons, hitting him with giant centipies and just winning the mirror there. And then I bubbled in Woo. for top eight at the eighth spot and had our, this was like probably the worst, the top eight draft was like the worst packs ever. Oh, really? Like, like just straight ever. Everybody at the table complained about how awful it was like in pack one there was like nothing for 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 none of the players like there was like a heat wave which i picked pack one but there was like no red go again cards there are no blue ice cards there are no dragons or anything like that And so it was like, okay, well, this pack sucks. And then the next pack comes, and it's kind of the same thing for all of pack one. And so I was just like all over the place, and I'm so stressed (laughs) out. I'm like, oh, my God, I've made it this far. Everything is falling apart. And I 
kind of I think I made a mistake by kind of sending signals to the person I was passing to that Dromai was open uh, and passed them like a Kyloria. I forget what I picked instead. Something stupid, I, I think. Well, not something stupid, but mm -hmm. then later it would become stupid. And then my seat wound up also being a Dromai seat because I actually sat next to Isaac and he was he was picking Icelander and Phi was just like not there because of the quality of cards were super low. Mm. So I just like panicked and picked Dromai again and kind of had like a pretty bad Dromai deck. But I got paired and it kind of worked out because I like cut the guy I was passing to off of Dromai, like sent him strong Dromai signals and then cut him off from it. So his deck, I think, suffered from that. Um, but the I wound up playing Icelander against my buddy Brooks. And like my joke with Brooks is like we always sit next to each other at all of the tournaments we've ever been in, but we never play each other. So we actually played each other. And I just fatigued him out as he was on Iceland. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I just like, you know, played really conservative. There was no time frame. And he, you know, he had like three cards left in hand at the end of the game. And I wound up like beating him. Um, and that kind of goes back to my points about how like the gameplay in Uprising is really good because I yeah. definitely just kind of tried to be the better player than Brooks rather than like relying on my deck to be better than his. And unfortunately, it was a homie I knocked out of, you know, Road to Nats qualifying. But I, I was so stoked afterwards. I was just like smile on my face <laughs> arms in the air like yes i did it you know it, it didn't even matter and then i lost the mirror uh in semis uh he had just like he he got all the copies he was the third dromai at the table and he oh, got wow. all of the copies of rakes and so he just kind of overwhelmed me with his board state and i couldn't kind of play on so but it was really close to being uh isaac and me finals like Things kind of shake up a little bit. He's the he's one of the four who made it in that exact same tournament, and he lost to uh, our friend Sam, who had a really good five deck. He wound up getting the right cards for his deck, um, but he also lost to that Dromai player. So um, it was exciting. That is unbelievably exciting. It sounds like a lot of friends along the way that you had to destroy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out Carlos Brooks and whoever else. Um, you know, and both you and Isaac qualified on the same pod, same right? day, same tournament. Yeah, yeah, incredible. It's fate. It's fate. Uh, now, now, will you guys be attending nationals? Uh, it's really hard to want to. I mean, we really want to, mm -hmm. but it's like plane tickets are like eight hundred bucks from where we live. Yeah. And Worlds is in San Jose, which is like a six-hour drive. So that's like a little bit easier to do, even though I'm like not qualified for Worlds. But in terms of like getting to go to a big tournament and stuff, um, it's also like right at the start of school. Mm -hmm. Nationals is, and I'm a teacher, so that's like pretty hard to try to get that beginning of school time off so i don't know yet it's kind of the needles moving towards no unfortunately well i hope the needle leans the other way but it's understandable it is a quite the trip so totally. um 
Well, I am I am happy for all the Battle Bros right now qualified for for nationals. Very exciting. Uh, whether whether we all get to play or not, it is it is an totally. achievement, and I'm glad you got your um, New Year's resolution. And that is, <laughs> Thank that is, you. That is it. Now I do. Yeah. We have a special segment right now. So for anyone who didn't listen right. to the episode of Attack Action Podcast that I was on, uh, Taylor gave uh, gave me the old razzle dazzle and, and surprised me with a with a surprise quiz, which I I believe did. you called it ambush journalism. It was ambush journalism. It was a hundred percent ambush journalism. And <laughs> you know the 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 pendulum has swung back the other way, my friend. Yeah, excellent. And <laughs> I do have a short quiz for you. Okay. Now. As as much as it pained me to do it, I listened back to uh, Fresh and Buds it. episode three. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and I just have some questions based on the crack a pack from from that episode. I don't do a lot of crack a packs anymore because there's a lot to talk about these days. And oh my god, I knew I should have listened to the episode. <laughs> I was because in the show notes it says special segment, and I was like, "What is he gonna? <laughs> is it gonna be on our first episode?" And I was like, man, I should listen back to it just to know. And then it's very right, hard anyway. to do it. I did not. In, just so you know, this brought me no joy, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is bringing me joy now. Uh, first question is three questions. Which okay. set pack did we open in the cracker pack? Arcane Rising. Correct. Great. Yes. Great, great, great. Now, next question oh, God. is okay. a two-parter. Okay. I'm going to read you a quote, and it is quoting you. Uh -huh. and, and then I'm going to ask you, which card were you talking about? Uh, here okay. is the sentence. You would have to be on, a qu on quite a momentum shift to really make that threatening. And I have to tell you what card that is? <laughs> yeah, I will give you a hint. It was generic. And it was okay. an attack. Quite on uh, momentum to make that card threatening. I'm going to say it is rifting. You are correct. What color oh was it? Oh, my God. I'm crushing it. Let's go, baby. Let's what go. color was it? Uh, ooh, color? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, for bonus this is points. a tough one. Yeah, I'm gonna say blue. Correct. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And I feel like this, it from downtown. This one, the third question, might be a little easy. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna read you a. It it was it was one of the the like non common cards. I'm gonna read you the the flavor text. It was a quote oh. from, from someone. Oh, God. Okay. Finally, time to take out the trash. <laughs> That's a flavor text on a card? Yeah, and it's a quote by a, a character. I, I, the character that could play the card. Uh, well, it really feels like a snarky Azalea comment. So do you want to know the hero or what card it is? What card? What card? Oh my god! <laughs> um, but it also 
Dash has a little bit of that flavorness. It's definitely not Viscerai. So Viscerai is not in there for sure. Kano's crap is like Aether this, Aether that. <laughs> uh, Dash does have some funny stuff. But I'm going to say it's an Azalea card. Ooh, this is really hard. Take out the trash? Hmm. <laughs> to be Maybe honest, it is a Dash mean... thing. It did not really make a lot of sense with what the card is. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say it is. No, we're going back to Dash. And let's say, I don't even know what Dash cards are. Convection Amplifier. Is that a card? Uh, that is a card. It, that's my that's my pick. It is I don't incorrect. Think that's it. You were on the right yeah. track with Azalea. It is three ah. of a kind. And, oh my god! Really? And, and funny that's enough, what that favorite text is. I know it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Funny enough, because uh, I had known that Isaac was a big Azalea player, I was like, oh, does does Isaac play three of a kind in his Azalea deck? And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not really good enough. And then flash forward to nationals, oh Isaac yeah. whiffs on a three of a kind. I was like, yeah, what totally. the heck? That's Which, crazy. Yeah. So you get a whopping two out of three, correct? With the bonus points, we'll bring you to, uh, I don't know, C plus. Uh, <laughs> that was great. What a great quiz. Yeah. I had so much fun. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. You did great. Now, Thank I also you. wanted to so – you're a basketball fan. Now, correct me if, if I'm wrong. Are you a Golden State fan? Or... Uh, well, yes. Yes? I'm like – so fan, I'm not a fan, really, of okay. stuff. Okay. Well, of like sports stuff, right? Like. Mm -hmm. In in the level of fandom that America goes to, you would consider me not a fan. Okay, Does that makes sense. But you, right? I guess the better question you follow that, like follow yeah. what they're doing. Uh, you're, yeah, you like watching them. I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say like probably historically, my team has been the Sacramento Kings. Interesting. But they are very bad for a very long time, and so. Uh, you know, real fans are be like, you got to stick through it. And I'm like, no way. Abandoning that o over to Golden State. Golden State's great. Super fun. Um, so I want to do pick, pass, pray. Uh, basketball draft of Golden State Warriors. Um, Hell yeah. Let's go. So the the picks that you have, this is from the history of, of cool. Golden State. Will cool. Chamberlain. Okay. Okay. Play for the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry. Right. Yep. He, uh -huh. Many people know. And then Rick Barry. Ooh, these are great. These famous are for his underhand free throw. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you didn't pick any from the Fab Five for Chris Mullen or somebody like that. So I'm lefty, so I really like Chris Mullen. Okay. Yeah. Um. What is the scenario? Just like my favorite Golden State Warriors, no. the best Golden State Warrior. Let's uh, let's say you you are desperate need for two players to fill out your team, and you gotta pick, pass, and pray for for one or the other. 
You know okay. that you you're picking one. You get you get to pick one, and then you know that one of the two will return. Okay. So that's like the prey is not like so you're praying for one of those two to return. Do then, you have an answer to this question? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, he checks his notes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like it. My answer is uh, wilt pick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, and I'm and I'm and I'm praying for for Steph to come back, just That's because crazy. because I don't know. It seems like the the two of them together would be such a dual threat in a yeah. way. Well, I'm gonna pick Steph Curry. Uh, definitely, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Warps an entire defense around him. And uh, because of that, he kind of makes his teammates better at the same time. I definitely am going to pray that Wilt Chamberlain comes back around. I do believe Wilt Chamberlain was a bit ahead of his time, although he can't really stretch the floor like Biggs can nowadays. Uh, but he still is very tall and athletic, so it would be great in a pick and roll, catching lobs and protecting the rim. So you can always need that. Um, and then Rick Barry, I even though he's like a great scorer, uh, he's not filling a role better than Steph Curry or Wilt Chamberlain. Now, if you're a big Rick Barry fan, please tell me why I am wrong. I Call would in, love folks. to know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are, that's my pick, pass, pray. Well, uh, that is, I mean, as far as I know, that is a great answer. Um... <laughs> As far as you know. Now, in a in an interesting turn of events, Tommy, I also have a quiz for you. What to to celebrate <laughs> your momentous road to the Nats runner up uh, finish with Leviah. It is a Leviah trivia. Oh boy! It's four questions long. Okay. Are you Hit prepared? Me. Are you prepared for this? Hit okay. Me. So, first question. How many Shadow Brew cards have flavor text? How many Shadow Brew cards have flavor text? Correct. So just in terms of like, you don't have to think of it as like the reds, the yellows, and the blues, right? So if you were to pick like a number, yeah. you'd be like, you know what I mean? So it's just one of the cycles, one one card. I, God, I think one, two, and then maybe oh, Shadow Brute, not Shadow Cards. Mm-hmm. I'm you gonna, need a hint? I can give you a hint. Give me a hint, because I think I'm on the right track, but I need the hint, I think. Okay. okay. It's uh, less than three. Okay. Yeah, I then I, I'm gonna have to go with two because I feel like I can think of two, but I'm okay. not sure. I can open my it, deck box real quick. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one. Oh, what was Only it? Only one. Can you think of the one card that has flavor text? That's a shadow brute card. My thoughts are my just based on that they don't banish the three. I'm mean, gonna say either Deadwood Rumbler or Graveling Grail. 
It is Boneyard Marauder. Boneyard Marauder? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Its flavor text is, it's amazing what you can find when you dig a little deeper. Harland. That is a great text. That is a great text. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't because I was thinking that the the banish three at random was would take up too much room, but I guess yeah, it's like that and the blood debt just takes up all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm zero for one. Okay, well this leads us perfectly into our next question: How many shadow brute cards do not have blood debt? <clears throat> oh man. I'm thinking of two off your deck box. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling it. I'm like, I know uh, there are two in the deck. And I'm going to say, because I, oh God, I I don't know if I'm like not playing with certain bad ones. Just just trust yourself. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying two. Okay. You are correct. There are two. Can you name... The two cards for bonus points. Convulsions from the Bellows of Hell and Unworldly Bellow. Correct. Boom. Get yourself back on the board with two <laughs> points, getting the bonus points there. That is correct. There are two Shadow Brute cards that don't have blood text, and they are Unworldly Bellows and Convulsions from the Bellows of Hell. Now, we're going to move on to some lore about Levia. How deep does your fandom truly go? Question three. Which mm-hmm. family did Levia get sold to slash work for? And in which realm did they live? Was it the northern realm, the southern, eastern, or western realm? So I need the name of the family and which realm that household dwells in. See, I'm not the best on lore, but mm-hmm. something is telling me God, I don't remember her name, but late like the mentor, Lady Bartholomew, or I want to say Bartholomew, but I, it's that it's that family, and I do not okay. know what realm. I'm gonna say north. No, no, I'm not gonna say north. Uh, I'm gonna say north. Okay, yeah. those you're totally a hundred percent correct. It is Lady Barthamont. Barthamont, yeah. and their estate is in the Northern Realm. Great job. Great job there. Barthamont. Barthamont. I was close. I was yeah. close. Yeah, you were totally correct. You're, you're right there. Northern Realm. I love it. Um, it's all in like the first paragraph if you look at the, the lore <laughs> article for Leviah. Okay. Final question. This one is tough. Okay. Yeah. I had to have a deep dive here. So here it is. Fourth question. Levia travels to Blasmephet's plane of existence, where she fights five different waves of monsters before she faces off against Blasphemet's Harbinger. What is the name of Blasmephet's Harbinger? Now, it's a multiple choice. So is it A, Devourer, B, Devour Tatum, excuse me, Devoratum, is it okay. C, Devon, or D, Devor? Do you want to hear those again? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna right off the bat. I'm not saying Devon. 
though it, good if, choice if it would be if funny, it was though, if it was, it was Devin. Devin. god Devin, man it's the harbinger uh yeah oh this guy i'm gonna say devore i think mm, okay you're incorrect oh. it is devore atom I'm not sure how you really pronounce that. Yeah. Okay. It is a frog-like, mini-teeth-mouthed creature, which she basically consumes the whole thing, and then is the Leviah we know and love now. That's when Chain shows up and is like, you're pretty cool. Let's go <laughs> kill everybody. And Leviah's like, sure, I'm hungry still. So... There you go. Great job, Tommy. I think you did really well <laughs> on that quiz. Those were some hard ones. Thank for you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, that was wonderful. Just some more ambush journals. It's like it's just back and forth between me and you, Taylor. Um, totally. I do want to thank you for coming onto the show for my episode fifty. It means a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. Uh, you and Isaac mean a lot to me. I, I, I look up to you guys, and um, I, I enjoyed being on your show, which I would like for you to plug here in a second. And you know, yes, um, yeah, and 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 thank you. Just just give us give us a tell tell the world where they can find Taylor the Battle Bro. Uh, thank you, Tommy. I really appreciate being on your podcast. So you can find me on Twitter at battle bro taylor and our podcast is the attack action podcast you can find that on your major podcast platforms apple spotify google we're also on youtube where you can listen to the podcast and occasionally we do uh, other videos and that sort of thing i do have an icelander deck tech coming up it feels weird doing a deck tech on a deck that doesn't like win a road to nats or something <laughs> But my hope is is that it will inspire somebody or somebody else who's working on the deck will either confirm some cards or get inspired to uh, do some other stuff. So those are the places um, you can find me and our podcast. I do want to say, Tommy, that we do not hang out enough. <laughs> I feel like you're one of my uh, kindred spirits in the flesh and blood community, and we are both running our own media empires and uh, <laughs> don't find enough time to hang out. So I would like to change that in the future for us to just hang out outside of our podcasts if possible. I would, I would absolutely love that. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that you guys can make it out to, to North Carolina. I understand it's, it's hard, but if you do, well, you just come to worlds, dude, same is vice versa. You I just know. Come I can't, I can't do worlds. Unfortunately, I bought tickets to concerts like two weeks before they announced oh, it. I would have like not man. done that, but that Classic. is okay. We're going to, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen when they do, you know, I don't know, something easy for both coasts to do. They're going to do like a, like a, pro tour denver or something like that which would be tons of fun. yeah but totally i love denver yeah so um yeah no and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it now you all can find me on twitter at fresh buds pod 
uh, check out the Discord, the Buds, hop in there. It's all in the, the notes, YouTube, subscribe, rate. If you're listening on Spotify or, or Apple iTunes, rate the podcast and do it to the Attack Action Podcast as well. It helps us become a little more uh, visible, which is which is great. We love being seen or, or and listened to. So, um, yeah. Now, I always like to end the show talking about a little bit about food. And mm. I also want to ask you because you you guys talk about board games you you like mentioned board games when when i was on and you guys like to talk about board games what's a board game you've been playing and what's some food you've been eating okay so board game i've been playing has only been flesh and blood but the board game that i really love that's one of my favorites that i wish i played got to play more is inish so uh, I've mentioned it on our podcast like maybe 100 years ago. Um, but Inish is this really great game uh, produced by Mattigat Games. They're a French publisher. Um, and it's about kind of like medieval England. And it's a dudes on the map area control game. And it has these beautiful components uh, to it it has like these triangle puzzle pieces that you build the map out of and it has draft so that's like Ooh. one of the best things about it is, is awesome. that you get to uh deal out the cards and then you draft them and the cards you have are the actions you can then take for the round you're in so your armies don't move unless you take actions that move them you can't build new citadels unless you get the actions that do that and that sort of thing um and it's really fun and one of my favorite things about it are there's two things that i really love is like combat you can kind of just both agree to stop at any point you don't have to just kill everybody you could just like you know wipe off one dude from the map and then your opponent goes okay ouch too much uncle i give and then you can say okay sure yeah we will we will discontinue that and then the other thing is that like there's this one territory called like the plains and it's just this picture of like kind of a foggy semi rainy english plain where it just looks like it kind of sucks and it's like special powers you just leave it you just leave <laughs> <laughs> and i find that uh, so humorous. There's also a festival. You can be the festival person. It's it's great. I I recommend Inish. It's really really fun. I'm looking it up as soon as we're done here. That sounds amazing. Sweet and food. food. <laughs> okay. Gosh, I don't really know. I have been on a taco kick lately. So we were in Santa Clara, and shout out again to Carlos. Uh, took us to this really great authentic taco place um that was just like you know i was one of the only few white people there cool and the tacos were so freaking good and uh it was just such a fun experience um and then the other day i made tacos at home because those tacos were so good and then last night we were over at a friend's house and they made us tacos so i've just been living the taco life right now and it's great. Love I get it. it. I get it. When I, I was in Colorado a couple weeks ago, Southwest food down there, just burritos and tacos. And when they're good, they're good. You know, it's just like, totally. you know, it's, they're the best. So uh, it's a good way to end the, the show. And thank you again, Taylor. And everyone. Oh, no, thank you. 
very welcome. Now, <laughs> everybody, please have a great week.